Welcome to the podcast of Christ Covenant Church, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America, located in the township of Langley, British Columbia. My name is Gary Vanderveen, and I am the senior pastor here. If you would like to know more about our congregation, please visit us online at www.langleychurch.org. In the church calendar, we have entered into the season of Lent, if you haven't noticed, a season observed in the church by many, a season observed to prepare our hearts to celebrate Easter and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ well. It has traditionally been a season of fasting, self-examination, and reflection upon our need for Christ and the redemption that he has accomplished through his work upon the cross. For me, it feels like the season of Lent began early this year. The Lord has been leading me to reflect on death, dying, and what is most important, and recent trials that many of our brothers and sisters here at Christ Covenant Church have faced lately have made this all the more acute. Yes, the Lord has been drawing, drawing my attention to the reality of human fragility, our finitude, our sinful inclinations, and the ever-present reality of death. One of the more influential books that I have read in this season over the last couple of months was a book called Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. I highly recommend it to all of you who haven't read it, Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. In the book Gilead, a 77-year-old Baptist pastor from rural Iowa, living in the city of Gilead, Iowa, writes to his eight-year-old son, that's right, he was 77 and he had an eight-year-old son, leaving a memoir for his young son to remember him by. In this book, this 77-year-old Baptist pastor who found himself married late in age and with a young child late in his age is dying. And so he writes epistles to his son of what has been and is most important to him. He reflects on his life. He reflects on his father's life before him and his grandfather's life before his father. He reflects on his friends' lives. He reflects on his life with his wife. And he speaks to what he hopes will be his son's life. And as John Ames reflects, he realizes that he has endeavored to live for Christ, for God and his kingdom, by faith, and has actually lived well. He is dying, and this forces him to reflect on living, dying and living. They are intimately connected, are they not? This evening we read a good portion of Luke 9. I wanted to have us read the whole of that passage to provide some context for us to focus on Luke 9, 23 to 25. That's going to be our focus this morning. So let's turn our attention there. I will read the passage again. We will make some observations from the text and then consider how we might rightly receive Christ's words here. Luke 9, 23 to 25. 
And he, Jesus, said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Let's make some observations here. First, this passage is communicated in a particular context by Luke. Jesus states to all that any who would come after him must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow him. And this happens in the context. He has just asked his disciples who people say he is. Some think John the Baptist, some think Elijah, some think a prophet risen from the dead. These people had a lot of faith to think a prophet could come back from the dead. And Jesus asked them, well, what about you guys? What about you who have been following me, walking with me, watching me closely? And Peter answers, you are the Christ of God. And we got to hear what he's saying there. You are the one, the Messiah, the Savior, the one we have been waiting for. Peter believes Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus tells them to keep it to themselves and informs them that, well, the one that you're looking for must suffer and be rejected by the Jewish leaders and be killed and then on the third day be raised from the grave. It's a lot all at once. We think you're him. Okay, well, if you think that, know that this is what's going to happen. And then Jesus says to all, anyone who would follow me. And he knows who Peter says he thinks he is. Let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. In no uncertain terms, to follow Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, the one who will deliver his people from their suffering. They must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow him. First observation. This is for everyone. No exclusions. Jesus was speaking directly to the disciples, but the audience here emphasized by Luke is all any Anyone who would follow after Jesus must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow him. This is for all of us. Remember, Luke is thinking about his audience here, Theophilus. 
Yeah, you too. You who are reading this, this is for you too. This is not exclusive. If we want to partake of Christ's resurrection life, it means denying ourselves, following him daily. Second observation, it's obvious. What does deny mean? Those who would follow Jesus have to deny themselves. And Jesus elaborates in verse 24. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. The call here is to deny ourselves, to live not for ourselves, but for Jesus. That is the path to his salvation. Jesus presses the issue. I want it all. Famous Dutch theologian Abraham Kuyper said there is no square inch of this world that Jesus does not proclaim over it. Mine! And this is made all the more clear by Jesus' next words, which we must not overlook. What is the illustration that Jesus uses to communicate what this denial must look like? The cross. Now, when you hear the word cross, what comes to your mind? Mine comes to this big, strong, polished, wooden, beautiful, stained cross. Clean and tidy and strong. For some, the first picture, first image might be a necklace. Oh, what's it called? Yeah, a rosary or a, just, a, just a piece of jewelry, a fine metal hanging around one's neck to remind themselves that they are a Christ follower. For some, it might be a top of a steeple, a cross silhouetted against the sky. For others, it might be a tombstone in the shape of a cross, ornately carved stone. How many times was the word cross mentioned in Luke's gospel prior to this moment? Does anyone know? Zero. What would the disciples hear, think, when they heard the word cross? They would think of a horrific, brutal, oppressive Roman torture device. They would hear and think of the scum of the earth, people being treated as if they were less than human at the hands of evil men. That's what cross would have meant to these disciples. This is a stark image. It is death. It is shame. 
something to be avoided at all costs. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, the path is cruciform. To follow me is to be willing to be despised and lay everything down to follow me. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We on this side of the cross know that that's where Jesus was going. Luke, writing this, is aware that that's where Jesus went. But this illustration was meant to get the disciples' attention and to get our attention. It's a hard teaching. Nonetheless, this is Christ's call. Let us make another observation in this text. There is a cost involved with following Christ, yes. But there is also a reward involved in following Christ. One of the things Jesus places before his disciples here is that they cannot avoid choosing who and what they will serve. They can live for themselves and forfeit what Christ offers, or they can deny themselves, lay down their life for Christ's sake, and gain the salvation of the Messiah. They have a choice to make. They cannot have both. We cannot have both. Jesus offers life and life abundant. Salvation. The gaining of our lives. And think about this. Is there any way to avoid death? We're all headed there. Many would seek to avoid it at all costs. Many would deny it. But we know that physically, we all will experience our physical bodies deteriorating and eventually ceasing to function. That is a death we will not be able to escape. But there is a greater death that we are threatened by. There is also no way to avoid our judge, our maker, and his judgment. We will face his judgment. We can live for ourselves and forfeit the salvation, the resurrection life, the glory that he offers beyond the grave. Or we can deny ourselves, lay down our life for Christ's sake, and possess in and through him salvation, forgiveness, resurrection life, his kingdom landing here and now, and his kingdom in glory forevermore.
Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. To live, we must deny ourselves. Take up our cross. Last observation. This Christ's call is not something that happens in one fell swoop. It is a daily call. It is not something to put off. It is not something that we move past. It is a daily call. I think I've shared this, shared this story before. Famous evangelist Billy Sunday once said that the greatest thing that could ever happen to a Christian would be to enter into a tent revival meeting, come up to an altar call, get right with the Lord, walk out the tent and get hit by a Mack truck and go be with Jesus instantaneously. Most of us are not that lucky, although I don't think Billy Sunday is correct. Following Jesus Denying ourselves and taking up our cross is a daily endeavor, a daily call. And any of you who have lived the Christian life for a while know this, because moment by moment, we have to wrestle with who we are living for. Following Jesus requires constant and regular surrender in faith. And Jesus is beside us, alongside us in this pilgrimage with love and grace by the power of his Holy Spirit, healing us, helping us, leading us, guiding us, carrying us at all times, not only inviting us to his life and the denial of ourselves, but also empowering us by his Holy Spirit giving what he requires as we humble ourselves and seek him. Dying and living, they are intimately connected. Christ gave of himself that we might live. And he calls us to deny ourselves and follow him. When you hear this idea of daily denying yourself, what comes to your mind? What would Christ call you to let go of? Several years ago, early on in having children, uh, I sought out a good godly counselor and was just felt like I was struggling to faithfully engage all of the things God was calling me to. Didn't feel like I was doing that well. And he asked me a very interesting question. He said, well, what, what are you wanting? And I said, I don't feel like I'm asking for too much. I'm just asking for some me time. 
I'm being a good godly counselor. He looked me in the eyes and he said, brother, me time died the moment you got married. Now, I've thought about this, and I don't think he was as precise as he probably should have been. When did me time actually technically, when was it supposed to die? When I came under the Lordship of Christ, that was when me time, when when me time was called to go. This was a revelation to me. I have been bought at a price. One of the things I have realized as I've reflected upon this is I actually am not that good of a master to myself in the first place. But Jesus is a good master. He knows what I need. He actually has Sabbath for me. He has rest for me. When I pursue my own me time, I get sideways. I'm not a good master of myself. What would Jesus have you surrender? Two categories that come to my mind for you to think about. The first would be sin, and the second would be your hopes and dreams. I know that one's going to be harder. One of the ways that Christ calls us to deny ourselves is to put off the old man, to kill sin. And this requires a whole host of other denies or self-denials, doesn't it? To confess, I have to deny myself seeking the approval of others. To change, I'm going to have to learn new habits. I'm literally denying myself an escape, a refuge. But putting off our sin is a chief way that Christ calls us to deny ourselves. And so if you are caught up in a sin that you know Jesus would have you lay aside, great or small, be strong and courageous, confess it, turn from it. Here in this congregation, we are blessed our elders, our pastors, we are not interested in condemning anyone who is in sin. We long for all of us to be free. So if you're caught up in sin, confess. Come and find help to put that off to find Christ's life and life abundant. Second way that Christ would call us to deny ourselves and this one is equally difficult, is to entrust to him our hopes and dreams. Not all of our desires are sinful, but when a desire becomes a demand and we start to try to dictate to Jesus 
what our life should look like, we need to repent. The cross is hard. It is costly. And each of us will be called to bear sufferings and trials and tribulations. But we need not fear for Christ has overcome the world and his power is at work in and around us. There will be much to grieve, but we do not grieve as those who are without hope. There is a resurrection life to come in Christ. Jesus is a good master. He will give you everything you need for life and godliness to stand up under whatever trials, whatever costs he calls you to bear. Each of us has been called by Jesus to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow him wherever he leads. To refuse to do so is to seek to gain our world, our kingdom, at the loss of our very lives, according to Jesus, that is. This is a hard teaching where Jesus comes to us and says, I must be at the center of your universe. I am Lord. There is no other. But there is good news. Jesus is a good master who offers to each of us, by his grace, a better life than we could ever create for ourselves. One of our elders some years ago quoted missionary Jim Elliott who said this, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. When Peter heard Jesus call him to deny himself and take up his cross, Jesus had to wrestle with this. Jesus knew you are the Christ. And think about what we see in the transfiguration. The Father himself says, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. He is a good master. He is our creator. And he offers us life and life abundant. And 2 Timothy 4.1 reminds us he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And Hebrews 9.28 reminds us that he will save those, all those eagerly waiting for him. So brothers and sisters, be strong and courageous. Deny yourself. Fear not taking up Christ's cross daily. Follow him. For whoever will save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for Christ's sake will save it. Let us pray. Lord, you know that our cowardly hearts fear giving up their toys. And Lord, we have tasted and seen your goodness. And we long for more of it. 
And so we humbly ask that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, grant us what you require, that we might indeed worship you, glorify you all our days, and taste and see your goodness as we do here now and forevermore.